Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast dedicated to our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. everyone. I'm Kama, and you can find me at Oxford Splice on Twitter. And today I'm joined by Clotho. Hi, I'm Clotho, and you can find me at Clotho Spindle on Twitter. And Devin. Hey, this is Devin, GD Harpo on Twitter. And we are covering John 3 from A Clash of Kings. And um, if you, we always spoil everything. Um, and I think um, trigger warnings for a lot of like implied incest um, and unpleasantness. Yeah. Um, okay, so Mormont and their host of 200 men are continuing their journey north, and it's been six days of cold rain. Everyone is soaked and tired, and they're really, really tired of eating things like, sound like uh, hardtack and salted cod and salted beef. Um, and some of them, not all, but some are looking forward to arriving at Craster's Keep. They have passed through seven uh, deserted, newly deserted, empty villages. And Craster's Keep is the first place they're finding after that. And we get some background about Craster. Um, There seems to be mixed feelings. I mean, no one's super enthusiastic, but some say he is a a friend to the Night's Watch. Um, And then other people who I think they should have listened to are like, no, he's a rapist and a kinslayer and he's worse. And... Also, he marries his daughters um, and granddaughters. So, you know, not somebody great. Um, and then they get to the keep. And John is somewhat stunned by it. He wasn't expecting anything fantastic like a stone castle. But at the same time, I think he was expecting more than the structure. Um and here's where I'm going to digress. I did this huge, I was reading the description, which um, John describes it as being made of daub and wattle. And I never really knew what that was. So I started investigating. And then I went down this huge rabbit hole. Um, so for those of you, who do, do you guys know what it is? I think I may have at one point, but I, it's like clay sort of or no? It's It's sort of like... I've seen some of the pictures I found look vaguely Tudor. It's basically, but also not that impressive. It's Hmm. like they have these wooden strips that are sort of latticed and that's the waddle part. And the dog part involves wet soil, clay, sand, animal dung, and straw. Oh, that's a mix that I meant. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been around. I'm sorry. If anyone, this is not meant to be, I'm sorry. I have to share this because I was just fascinated. Um, as a construction method, it's been around for like five or 6,000 years, hmm. and they still do it today. Um, a lot of historic buildings use it, and oh, okay. it's developed into this, this popular thing, like, because it's low-impact, sustainable building. Oh, that is interesting. And then I went Googling, and there are some phenomenal-looking wad- hmm. uh, daub and wattle houses. However, I don't think that's what we have going on here. <laughs> So just imagine yeah, the worst one. What I'm, <laughs> what I'm currently looking at cannot be Crasher's Keep. No. Because <laughs> these are like some of these do look really good. Well, some of them oh, look 
like, are. you know, those sort of half timbered cottages you've seen, mm-hmm. like, you know, English villages. And there's some that look like they're used in like uh, developing nations. And oh, yeah. <clears throat> sounds great. But his it sounds like there's shit all over the place. Literally. That's shit. exactly what it's. Yeah, because these are even if they're simple, they're neat and tidy. <coughs> all, the, all the pictures I'm saying. Yeah, they're. Yes. Yeah. And his sounds nothing like any of this. There's no windows. It's massive because it's it's not big enough to hold all 200, but it's big enough to hold him, all his wives, and like 20 to 50 men. So it's still a pretty big structure. But I'm reading the description. Like they're talking, so it's been raining, and there's all this stuff running off. And I think one, I think Ed at one point wonders if they're just shit is just literally everywhere. Oh gosh. And I kind of think that's true. Um, <laughs> and then, so like, he's, he's looking around at the scene, and there are these, there is a naked child harvesting carrots, and then two of Craster's wives are preparing to slaughter a pig. And <laughs> it's just, like, horrific. And they're, like, it's mud everywhere. It's it horrible. It's like it's like getting to like, you know, you expect your hotel to look nice or halfway decent. It's just a dump. And then you're like downgrading going, well, maybe it'll be like a, a clean holiday inn or a clean red roof inn. And then, no, it's <laughs> this is this is like deliverance country kind of <laughs> nasty. <laughs> I know. How is a baby not dressed? There's like a little baby. She's not dressed. Or she, she's naked or something. Like a little kid picking carrots. Like how? It's supposed to be. Well, and if cold. she's old enough to like harvest carrots, this is not like a. Why don't she have yeah, clothes? That, yeah, no, that was exactly. mind boggling. It's so crazy. And, and I mean, I just yeah. Um. So <laughs> it's a great scene, right? Yeah, it's vivid. <laughs> And I, I have spared all of our listeners some of the exciting um, descriptions of the, the sort of, again, rivulets of brown whatever. Um, <clears throat> and then we get to see Craster. We get to the keep. And I'm going to read a little bit from um, the book. Um, Craster himself is described. Um, this is John thinking. Craster's sheepskin jerkin and cloak of sewn skins made a shabby contrast. But around one thick wrist was a heavy ring that had the glint of gold. He looked to be a powerful man, though well into the winter of his days. Uh, his mane of hair gray going to white. A flat nose and a drooping mouth gave him a cruel look, and one of his ears was missing. So this is a wildling. John remembered old man's tales of the savage folk who drank blood from human skulls. Mm. Craster seemed to be drinking a thin yellow beard from his chipped stone cup. Perhaps he had not heard the stories. I kind of love that. Oh, gosh. He just sounds, it just all sounds so like, just so shabby. Like, oh, man. And, and, and just it, what does it sound like? Lends credence to like, when you hear what the wife, like what they say he's doing with the babies. You know, how could you live like this and not have any really great fortification or have anything really and survive out? You know what I mean? That you get some kind of deal going, you know, that you're not, you know, all murdered by <coughs> others. <laughs> I also look, I mean, like, I think somebody read this when they did the show and they're like, no, no. We're going to have uh, uh, Bernie Gorman <laughs> drinking the blood from the human. Co- or, yes! You know, I was like, we're not going to do that. But she's like, you missed the point, dude. I remember 
were um, making fun of that. Remember we were making fun of that with like oh how the blood wasn't dripping through the bottom of the skull and like. Well, and also like this is the reality. I mean, this isn't that. He's not that kind of a. He's just no. This is like you know trailer trash, <laughs> psychotic trailer trash. Um, Craster claims he hasn't seen Benjamin in three years. He did see the three, uh, Waymar Rice, Garrett, and Will, who'd gone missing. And I think it was Will is the one who starts off the Game of Thrones, right? He's the one they find. Yes. Um, and so Mormont is there, and he's like, you can tell he's trying to like get this going. And he offers, like, look, we will, we will escort you and your family to the wall. And Craster has zero interest in that. Um, he doesn't care that it seems to be that like everyone with any sense is going south. Um, he's like, well, what will we do, you know, when we get there? You know, we're not going to serve you. You know, we're not slaves. Um, and we've learned that Mance also has done the same thing. Um, and that the guy who came on Mance's behalf uh, was had his tongue removed for his pains, which Craster has uh, mounted on the walls, a decoration of sorts. And basically it comes down to, he will let them sleep a single night under his roof and he'll give them food for 20 and that's it. And Mormont says, well, we brought our own food and he offers to share the food and wine and, um, get sort of conned into giving, uh, Craster a new ax and Craster's fine, totally fine with getting their food and wine. Um, but basically says anyone who touches one of his 19 wives loses his hand. That's kind of the scene we have going on. It's just bizarre. (laughs) It's it's absolutely bizarre that this man and all of his wives, also daughters, live like this. It it just always blows my mind that none of them have killed him. Yeah. Like, I I know why the whites, I know why the Night's Watch doesn't kill him because he's a friend and refuge or whatever. But it's amazing to me that none of his wives have killed him yet. Probably a good time to do it would have been like right after he does his little, you know, deal and gives them sheep or whatever. That way, the others aren't going to come around for a few days. And <laughs> yeah, you have a little bit of a plan yeah, of action, like let's kill him, him and then let's yeah, get later, wherever we go. need to get. Yeah. Well, I mean, so so I don't know what the deal is because like he's old. I don't know how, you know, how many. I mean, I don't know if they're granddaughters or daughters. I don't know how diluted the gene pool has gotten at this mm. point. Or they may not think they have a choice. And honestly, scared. Yeah. I mean, I, I have to imagine there's some hardcore abuse going on. Yeah. Um, and they're screwed once he dies, though, too. So, I mean, yeah. for, oh, God, if, if he died naturally on his own, they'd be like, you know. Well, I mean, honestly, and I think they're like, I'm, I'm sure he's been working on them for years that, you know, you need me. Yeah, and without escape. me, you're... you're so they're probably, it's sort of like, you know, thing. other people who've been yeah. abused, you sort of get into that mindset. Um, at some point, John goes out and he notices Ghost has one of the women um, cornered um, because of her proximity to a rabbit hutch. And Ghost has gotten one of the rabbits. And uh, the wife who turns out, we later learn, is Gilly. Um, so if you're familiar with Gilly, this is her. Um, and she is pregnant. And she she takes off. She's a little upset they took the rabbit, but um, she leaves. And then Sam is sent 
uh, into the keep because Craster's uh, going to give him directions and he needs to draw a map. Everybody is miserable. I mean, poor Sam has stepped in at some point has stepped into the mud or shit or whatever this is. And it has basically soaked into his boots. So, yeah, I get it. I've gone camping and it sounds like camping like in hell. Um Sam, actually, you know, he's pretty well outfitted because his father, you know, sent him off with the nice stuff and he's wearing this fancy cloak. Um, and in the morning, um, and J- John stays out. John does not sleep in the house. Um, Gilly comes back and she's now wearing Sam's cloak, which gives John a lot of pause. And she basically begs John to take her with them when they leave. Um, and she's desperate enough that she even offers to be his wife. And John's like, you know, I can't do this. And she says, you never took, you know, you didn't sleep in the house. You didn't eat the food. You weren't given a guest right. You didn't take guest rights. So you're fine. You could do it, which, um, you know, if you're reading this for the first time, this is significant. Um, And she shares that she's afraid that the baby she's going to have is going to be a boy. And if that's the case, um, he'll sacrifice it to the others, the cold gods the ones in the night, the white shadows. Um, And John is horrified to realize that she's seen them. And she said, you know, she describes the others as having night or eyes as bright as blue stars and as cold. Um, And John is really troubled by all of this, but said, you know, we're going north. I, you know, I can't take you. She says, well, when you come back on your way back, could you take me? Um, And we learn that Sam wants to help her. Which, again, not a great idea. And John goes to Mormont and he tries talking to him about what's going on by pointing out the lack of sons, that there are no boys anywhere. Um, And then we learn that Mormont knows, as Devin alluded to earlier. Um, And he says there's nothing he can do about it. Um, And I just want to read this little quote. Uh, This is Mormont talking. The wide world is full of people wanting help, John. Would that some could find the courage to help themselves. Craster sprawls in his loft even now, stinking of wine and lost to sense. On his board below lies a sharp new axe. Were it me, I'd name it answered prayer and make an end. And Mormont's view is that Craster is outside of their, I guess, bailiwick. You know, they can't really do anything. Um, so before I get to this last little bit, let's maybe we could talk about this a little. Yeah. How? How? I mean, <laughs> we have a question from Boko Hound Discord. How do you think Crasher started his deal? Mm. I, I, I really want to know. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness. Like, yeah, I mean, it's not like they communicate, right? I mean, it's not like he they had a conversation about like mm-hmm. okay, you have to sell your firstborn male or your, all your male sons, and we're good. I mean, I've I've seen theories that maybe they speak the old tongue, and maybe Craster does too. But there was like no evidence of yeah. any of that because they speak or they understand the old tongue. Might have been the theory because we know that they speak. I don't know what it's called, but whatever the high pitch sound is, they make mm-hmm. um, everything. So I I, I don't know. And I really that's one of the things from the books that will that will always bother me because I don't think we're ever going to I mean, we'll never know how that deal started. 
Because Gilly talks about, like, I guess for a while he was giving them some sort of, like, uh, livestock. Like lambs and um, uh, other but, things. Like when there weren't sons, yeah. But even that, I mean, how do you... I what mean, are they doing? Like, Yeah, why? I was curious. What was the purpose of that? Because yeah, yeah. if you're giving yeah. them sons, okay, they're turning them. Yeah. But what good does giving them... Yeah, like you said, yeah. what good does livestock do? What is it? What are they doing with those? Like zombie lambs? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> they're, they're, not, they're, not <laughs> they're not riding they're zombie lambs in the battle. And they're not... And they're not eating them, so I mean, oh, God. I, guess, I guess they're not eating them. Yeah, I'm assuming they get brains for that. I mean, I, <laughs> oh. I, I, I'm also like, the whole thing with Gilly is just it. I mean, like she's saying, like if it's a girl, it'll be okay because she'll have a few years and then she'll be a wife. And I'm just like, oh my God. Which lends oh. to what you were saying earlier about like, <clears throat> they've just been so conditioned. Like this is just what it is. Um, because in no way is that okay. <laughs> yeah, but like, oh. goodness. It's. Did you ever? Either of you ever watch uh, the HBO series Big Love? No, no. Is that the one about the multiple wife? What? It's. It's about um, not regular LDS, not regular Mormonism. It's about um, there's a splinter group. These I forget what FDL or FLDS or something fundamentalist. But they're the groups that believe that you can, um, it's fine to have, to commit bigamy. And um, the main character's living in, like, a regular city, and they're in a suburb, and everything's kind of nice. But, like, every so often he goes back to visit his mother, and they're on this sort of compound where everything's, like, none of the buildings are completed, so they don't have to pay taxes. And there are these weird things going on, and these 13-year-old girls getting married off to these old men. But even then, and I mean, the people who live on the compound don't understand, like, how you could leave. But even then, it seems a miracle of sanity compared to what's going on here. <laughs> That's bad. I mean, goodness. Oh. <laughs> um, with the Night King, because the Night King was just some guy at some point, right? Is that? That's according to the legends. According to, yeah, he's just some guy. So does maybe the Night King understand the common tongue of some sort? Mm. But even still, if he does, what was the scene to where he's face to face with Crash is like, here, just take him. And what? (laughs) Yeah, I don't. (laughs) It doesn't make a ton of sense. Anyway, I mean, you try to slice it. It doesn't. <clears throat> I mean, it's funny because she described. Well, the legend is the Knights King was the he was one of the commanders of the Knights Watch, and he fell in love with the woman who's described as being, you know, as having eyes as bright as blue stars, which is the line in here. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know how this deal gets cooked. I, I just don't. And I'm also I'm really really horrified by Mormont and his sort of pragmatism. Yeah, that's like really crappy. Because if if I don't know if that's the way he looks at it, well, because the watch needs him or whatever, you could still just kill him, free his wives to I mean set something up for him. I don't know, but you could just have his keep for you and the watch and have it manned in some sort of way. But then I guess you have to deal with the others. So there presents, presents another problem. Or you could just give them lambs, because apparently that works. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, lambs are human babies. They're fine with either. Yeah, right? there's really no reason. Because even having letting him do it is the same as if they were to do. It. You know, it's like they're if they were, get yeah. away with it. He still has his hands, blood on his hands. Exactly. Um. Yeah. So that's it's it's kind of I don't know, and it's I think it's reflected with all the varying viewpoints of of you know why the of Craster, and it shows that this is not a united front. Like they're not exactly all on board with what Mormont is doing. Um. And Mormont tells John that all the rangers know. They all know about this, which is, which means Benjamin knew. I mean, these are just, this is horrible. Um, so the last part of this is, um, so Mormont has explained kind of, Craster is this necessary evil and we just have to deal with him. Um, and then he shares that Mance is gathering his people together to go south. And they don't know if they're trying to just escape or they're planning to fight. And they have this discussion because this has happened before. And there's this stuff like I didn't look up all the names, but, you know, there have been instances of the wildlings trying to breach the wall. Um, and the, I, again, want to read a little bit, um, basically talking about this. Um, each man of them broke his strength on the wall or was broken by the power of Winterfell on the far side. This is Mormont talking. Um, but the night's watch is only a shadow of what we were and who remains to oppose the wildlings besides us. The Lord of Winterfell is dead and his heir has marched his strength south to fight the Lannisters. The wildlings may never again have such a chance as this. So yeah, this is, it's a really well-written, powerfully written chapter. It's just so ridiculous. <laughs> it is. I mean, I don't, it's just so incredibly ridiculous. Well, I think like I think George has either never considered how this happened and probably we don't want him to because that'll be another 900 page novel. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, I mean, it sounds really like insane, but like, you know, yeah, I don't know. And it's this whole I've noticed in this book is just so unrelievably grim. These yeah. these journeys everyone is taking are just so. I mean, the the three we've done today. I've just all been yeah. as I mean, Brands was a little better than Arya and Arya's and John's, but goodness. And the whole like sister wives it's just and then the whole shit house. I mean, it's just so much. And I think it's even it's funny to me because I didn't realize I remember this is all taking place in the snow. And it's not, it's raining, but honestly yeah. I think that's worse. Yeah. That sounds so much worse. So, um, I don't know. Final thoughts on any of this other than. Craster's is the worst dad in the series. And and he has a lot of competition. A a lot. That's saying a lot. He's the worst. Yeah. Oh, goodness. I mean, Sam's father just took a giant leap forward as like a great dad. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Oh, man. Do we have any mail? Um, the one question was about how did Crasher make his deal? That was all we had. Okay. Well, if you would like to send us a message or a question, you can do so at close the door and at gmail.com. You can also send us an anonymous message at close the door and cumbler. Out. Uh, let me say that again. Close the door and come here.tumblr.com. You can also tweet us at door podcast. Um, we love reviews. Um, 
if you use Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to us and you want to leave a, leave a review, that would be great. It helps new listeners find us. Uh, we also want to give a big thank you to our Patreons, um, patreon.com slash close the door. Thank you to your pa- our panel and thank you for listening. I'm closing the door. Get out.